0: Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo-Rains with Grateful Heart TV. I am so delighted to bring you this phenomenal guest today, Christian de la Huerta. He is originally Cuban-born, been here in the United States for several years, and he's found his purpose, and his purpose is helping people discover theirs. I love everything about this man, his book, and I hope you guys enjoy the show welcome to our show and thanks for joining us this is grateful heart the motivational arizona real estate and business show we're here to inspire you to believe in yourself to dare to dream about your infinite and divine possibilities to blow open your mind to creating your most abundant reality possible as our thoughts are so powerful i found turning my own personal grief into gratitude raised my vibration to be in tune for receiving prosperity Health and connecting to God's source. I'm your host, Rebecca Rains of Integrity All-Stars at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I have been selling homes here in the Valley since 1993. If you have any questions and are watching us live on our Facebook page, you can comment, and we will do our best to answer while we are live on the show, so do not be shy. Today on our program, we have some great guests for you.
1: Live from Phoenix, Arizona, it's the Grateful Heart Show with your host, Rebecca Rains.
0: Thank you, everybody, for joining us at Grateful Heart TV. Well, I guess it could be nighttime if you're watching later on, but it doesn't really matter because here we are today with a fantastic guest I am so excited of, author Christian de la Huerta, Awakening the Soul of Power, How to Live Heroically and Set Yourself Free. It is such an honor to bring him on my show today. Good morning. How are you, Christian? Please tell me that I said that correctly.
1: You said it great. Thank you so much. And you, you said it beautifully, perfectly. And thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, I've, I've been looking forward to this.
0: I have been to your book. Now, Rebecca is incredibly vain and I hate wearing these. But for a lot of our talk today, I'm going to have to throw my my eyes on, as I call it, because there's some <laughs> profound questions that I'm really excited to ask you. And for my audience who doesn't know who Christian de la Huerta is, You have been a motivational person in a lot of people's lives for going on over 30 years. Am I correct in saying that?
1: Yeah. A long time.
0: And I literally this morning, I was on a call with somebody else and they said something very profound to me and it made me think about the episode we were getting ready to launch today with you. And what was so it was about that pain can be the catalyst for change and more and more that I explore this topic, I am finding that almost every person that I get to interview has their story, has their story of where they began, has their story of where they're going, where they've transformed, and what's been the catalyst for you to write such a wonderful book to share with others. So if you don't mind, Christian, rather than me tell your story, I'd love to hear it from you. As a little boy in Cuba, tell me, where, where did we go from there?
1: yeah it's a great way to start. Um, because I think that that the fact that I was born in a communist regime is kind of ironic in that I'm writing about personal empowerment mm-hmm. uh, because, as you know, in in a totalitarian um, dictatorial regime, to be speaking about personal empowerment is completely ludicrous because the state owns you and decides everything for you. and And also, Um, You know, my family was very uh, Catholic, grew up in a very Catholic environment. And with all due respect to to that religion, it's also a very hierarchical Mm -hmm. power over structure in which you're told what to believe and what not to believe and what's right and what's wrong. So so the journey of empowerment for me has been interesting and challenging. Um, And, you know, my adolescence was one long depression as I struggled with with issues of you know existential questions of self-acceptance and trying to find a way a place for myself in this religion in which I was raised um, and so I know self-doubt deeply I know self-hatred even um, and what what's powerful about that is that using the Teachings and the mindset and the understandings and, and the healing techniques that I share about in this book mm-hmm. have completely transformed and healed that. Like these days, no matter the circumstances of my life, you know, whether a relationship works out or it doesn't, whether a, a project succeeds or it fails, I never question my, my sense of my sense of, of worth. It's like that is so established. It is healed permanently and nothing can shake that.
0: That is so beautiful. So at what age? Because you came over from Cuba at what age? I was 10. You were 10. So you basically grew up in this regime, come over to the United States, and then I believe if I know enough about your story, your mother raised you, where did you grow up?
1: Well, you know, both my parents, my Oh, par- they're both be my- your
0: parents? Okay
1: yeah yeah yeah. my my dad was a psychiatrist and you know one of one of nine kids and when we left cuba i was 10. my older sister was 12 and the youngest was in my mother's womb uh, so when we came to the states uh, my sister was my youngest sister was born in spain and we lived in a rural town in georgia which which had a psychiatric hospital uh, where The cuban psychiatrists could practice as they were getting licensed to practice here and you know as you can imagine i didn't speak a word of english um it was to say that it was culture shock it doesn't even begin to to capture the the that experience and i was really shy i was very introverted um i think probably innately but also because my my parents were counter revolutionaries so they actually conspired against the Castro regime wow. they're pot of friends um, they were the only ones who either didn't spend 20 years in jail in prison political prison or who weren't just shot outright and so there was an implicit message hmm. you know that like the kids didn't know what was going sure. on but there was an implicit message to not be seen too much mm-hmm. right to like just hide your hide. voice yeah 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 so you know, so so I think that was part of the reason that I was so introverted as a kid, mm-hmm. and then when I came to the states without speaking the language, I think that was even deepened, and intensified. The upside is that I you know for one of the one of the benefits of having been raised in a communist regime is that we had a TV, but there was nothing worth watching. Mm-hmm. So I'm really grateful that we grew up reading.
0: reading yes and
1: and that we grew up inventing our own games and pastimes and so sad to me to see how many kids these days just with their, with their nose to the screen and
0: right
1: not playing outside and so one of the, the results of that is i became a good student because mm-hmm. of this deep appreci- appreciation of books and language language and words and interestingly i had 4.0 in high school mm-hmm. except for one b one semester um and I, of course, I didn't set out to do this intentionally, but that 1B one, one semester in my senior year was enough to take me out of the running for valedictorian. And, you know, what I, I didn't do this consciously, but looking back on it, I know that I did that to sabotage my GPA because there is no way, um, Rebecca, that I could have gotten up in front of a room of Hundreds and hundreds of people then to deliver the valedictorian speech. There's just no way.
0: Oh, I'm getting Um, chills all over the place. I definitely relate to your story you're sharing right now. So please keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: Yeah, and I want to hear about your side of it. But the the point of it that I really want to make is that I know that all these fears, all these Mm -hmm. all these self doubts. Um, that that we allow ourselves to to be held back by, I know that it could be all to healed and transcended because these days right. I sp- speak all over the world. I've spoken at, at dozens of universities and on the TEDx stage, so so that's really the point of the story to to give hope that all that stuff can be transcended.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think the thing is, is we all run into things, and we have a choice to either stand up and fight for what we believe in, be our authentic self or we stay in the shadows and what i thought was so profound because i've been gone my own journey and so much of your book i did relate to because of this as you go down that path of self-discovery you always always without a doubt come to a certain place where you're like oh my gosh i think i think i'm starting to get this but we all get to that place differently don't we and yeah. it, it doesn't always have to be pain but it seems that that is the easiest mechanism for those of us to kind of snap out and awaken to then maybe start exploring. But when you're in the shadows, and this is one thing that really struck out at me, and I'm see if I can find it real quick. It was, you were talking about, oh, I know what it was. The cost of people selling out on, what's the cost for people selling out on their power? And I think that's kind of relates to it is, you know, the fear holds you back. And so when the fear holds you back, what are the negative things that happen or what have you seen in your 30 years of being a coach and helping people? Because that is what I think are the telltale signs that you need to make change when you keep ignoring that, that. And I'll let you take over from there.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, that's great. Um, and I guess in a way we can say that it's sort of like hitting your own personal bottom in terms of unhappiness and, and dissatisfaction. And, and yeah, so many of, of us, I would say most of us, um have sold out Mm -hmm. on authenticity on our on our authentic self-expression how many times have we said yes when in some you'll know and it's not really okay with us but to appease Mm -hmm. to to avoid conflict to to keep to not rock the boat too much um we stifle ourselves we sell out on, on our authentic power um, and And the sad part is that we do it for kind of sad and lame reasons. like right. so we settle this hugeness, this magnificence that we are. Um, and, and we stifle ourselves into small little packages um, for to, to become more acceptable, we think. Right. Uh, but there is such a, a huge p- price to pay for that. And, and because what we're doing is we're settling mm-hmm. for an illusion. Mm-hmm. Of security, it's just illusion right. because there is really no security in life. Uh, we settle for for a false sense of acceptance, and false because we're being accepted not for who we are, really. So it's not real. It's acceptance. Right. What's being accepted is is this illusion, this this facade that we're presenting, that we're putting forward in the world, um, and 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 we settle for these crumbs for these morsels of, of pseudo love. And again, pseudo because it's if we're not presenting ourselves authentically, how can what anybody we're really love? In return you? cannot be authentic either.
0: No. No, I I I you're speaking my language. You you do share it so much better. And I, I want to scroll over real quick. Pay attention. Oops, I except for if I go the wrong way on this little guy. For I what happened to my Word doc? Oh, goodness, well, we'll just pretend and he'll come back over on break and help me out with that. But where I was going with that is there were certain things that came up when I was researching you in preparation for today, and what I loved was your TED Talk on breathing. A, just the fact you've done a TED Talk, like I, that is a dream of mine and I know I'm gonna achieve it one day. But the fact that you've done a TED Talk and when you were doing your TED Talk, i found so much in your breathing speech can you give our audience just maybe like a two minute version of your ted talk
1: sure um you know bottom line is that it's all about the breath right the the breath is at the core of of every meditation practice it's at the core of yoga it's at the core of 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 most spiritual traditions and if we think about it In most spiritual traditions, the same word, one word, can mean spirit or breath, depending on the context. So if we think about pneuma in ancient Greek, from that word we get pneumonia. um, Both meant both lung and spirit or soul. Uh, From the Latin root spirale, we get both respiration. And inspiration or expiration. Mm-hmm. So, so, this connection between the breath and spirit is is found all over the world in all cult, in so many cultures, and, and in most spiritual traditions and religions. And and so, part of the shift for me in in that journey of of, of self discovery mm-hmm. and, and healing and personal transformation was discovering breath work. And, yeah, we don't have time to get into it deeply here, but it's, it's a breathing practice. You breathe in a certain way for an hour, an hour and a half, and amazing things happen. Um, I don't know anything, I have yet to come across anything that heals as profoundly and, and that is as effective in healing past trauma. And and it heals at every level. And I know this sounds so good to be true, Rebecca, that just from breathing we can heal no. past trauma. Like, I know, you know, to my more scientific, more skeptical part of me, it's like that still sounds too good to be true, but I can't argue with results. You can't. It works. And, and I've offered it all over the world. I've, right before the pandemic for the last two years, I went to China three or four times working with high level corporate leaders and, and tech leaders, billionaires, millionaires, really successful people who were just breathing um, and having amazing. Mm-hmm. Breakthroughs, um, and what part of the way that we could that this connects is that we have so been so conditioned to to fear the emotions. We have labeled the emotions weakness, yes. and so when we get upset, when emotions come up, like if we start paying attention, we notice the first thing that happens is we stop breathing. Yeah. Right when we get upset, fear comes up. We stop breathing, or we start breathing really shallow, all the way up here. Mm-hmm. What that does is that it anchors those emotions in us because what used to be spiritual teaching that everything is energy and now we know from quantum physics it's true everything is energy that means that our bodies are energy vibration and so are the emotions the emotions aren't good they're not bad they're not strength they're not weakness they're just energies and so what happens when we stop breathing we're anchoring these emotions these unexpressed emotions in our tissues of our body And after years and decades of doing that, we're walking around with layers upon layers upon layers of repressed emotional crap. And and here we are, like trying to have a relationship in the present, Mm -hmm. and it's all getting filtered through that lifetime of unhealed past trauma and repressed emotions. Yikes, like how any relationships can work just boggles my mind.
0: Well, and we most people been, don't, right? Isn't we, that the no. problem is that most people don't, they're they are blocked one way or the other. They're having cycles of toxic relationships over and over. And so my, what I'm really curious about with you, Christian, when you were a little boy in Georgia, 10 years old, migrated over, didn't know any English. I was born in Mexico City. My dad was married a few different times. I was, they divorced when I was a year old, so I actually learned my English in San Francisco as my first language. But my brothers came over, my stepbrothers at your age, and they both, all three of them actually have pretty heavy accents still. And it's really interesting, while you were talking about your experience, I remember their experience coming over and getting into middle school and junior high and not being able to communicate and how hard it was for them to be accepted. And all we're doing, I think, our entire life basically leads us to this end path of did we discover love? Love of self, love of others, love of God, love of everything. And I love how you ended your book talking about love. But I'm not I don't want to give any spoilers, so I won't I won't say how you got there, but What I want to know is how you started, Christian, because I'm picturing little Christian speaking Spanish in Georgia at the age of 10. And now we have Christian all these years later, who've been helping so many countless people for 30 years. What awoke you to wanting to help others?
1: You know, that's a a beautiful question. I think I always had a sense of of mission. a sense of making a difference in the world. And at different times, it looked differently. So so as I said, you know, I grew up Catholic. So in the beginning, I thought I wanted to be a priest. Then I thought I wanted to be a, a, a psychologist, like you know, your dad, in, in that mental health mm-hmm. field, like my father was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and neither one of those paths turned out to be what, what was the one for me. Um, I certainly didn't want to go to medical school. Um, and so the way, I mean, but the 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 path as you started to point to, it all begins with self acceptance, mm-hmm. um, and and the only self acceptance makes possible self love, mm-hmm. and the only way we get to self acceptance, the first step is self awareness. We can't heal what we don't see.
0: Right.
1: So we've got to get to know who we are and why we do the things we do Mm -hmm. and why we why we get triggered by certain situations and certain people and why we get caught in these patterns of relationship like you were talking about right that sometimes feel like we're in the same old boring movie just with a different lead actor but Mm -hmm. it's the same movie we've been here before so why do we do the things we do and why do we get caught in these patterns of behavior um, and relationships. And and so the only way that we can find that out is by going inside because that's where all the answers to all our questions are.
0: So when did then- you go inside? When did you first go inside? When like that that is for me that is what really excites me to learn because I know when what happened for me and I'd love to know with your story what at what age did you discover this desire to help others and after obviously after you looked it within
1: well for me it was it was young because those existential questions became existential for me right it became it became a matter of like really figuring out who am i who am i and what am i doing here right because from a young age i knew that i was gay mm-hmm. and, and so try to reconciling this desire to serve the sacred or, or god as i understood it then with in a religion that told me that I was going to burn in hell for eternity, um, and, and so that explains why my whole adolescence was was one long depression, and it it, it helps understand the self hatred because th- there was just no way to reconcile that, um, and so you know like I remember being a kid and asking a priest once, mm-hmm. you know how long is eternity exactly? <laughs> And being from an island, you know, he said an appropriate metaphor. Uh, he said, "Well, imagine you're going to go to the beach with a thimble, and that you start taking out of the water with a thimble. Well, that's eternity," mm-hmm. which terrified me. Of course, because to put to put to put things in context, right? Like, masturbation yes. is still considered a mortal sin, right? Not to mention the unmentionable sin that I was really worried about,
0: right? Right. Right. Well, at some point, you found your own self-love and you were accepting of yourself. And that's, I believe, where you found your power. So when we go to the title of your book, How to Live Heroically and Set Yourself Free, it's the subtitle to Awakening the Soul of Power. You found your soul of power. And I do love throughout your book, you have, um, what do you call them, power practices in every chapter for somebody to then go and back and reflect on their own lives, which I thought was absolutely beautiful. Um, So with that said, I do want to take a super fast commercial break and we'll be right back because I wanna share with you my own story. And when I listened to your podcast with Jason Zuck, what resonated with me, we'll be right back. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button, get mortgage option. My team and I have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo-Rains with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century already. I want to say that experience truly matters, so when you're looking for your realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. However, my experience doesn't matter nearly as much as my clients' experience. I dare you to Google me, you'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Hi, my name is Rob Sell, I'm with Sell Home Inspections. Been doing home inspections in the Valley for about 20 years. I do a variety of home inspections from new builds, resale, commercial, multi-family units, fourplexes, duplexes, and even on up from there. I can be reached at 602-908-7355. Again, 602-908-7355.
1: Thank you, and I appreciate it, and I look forward to hearing from you. independently owned means low overhead so you get the best rates fees and service keep more of your money brokers are better realtor recommended for over 20 years contact me joe smith at epic mortgage today 602-741-4121
0: whether purchasing a home or refinancing we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company Lawyer's Title is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest group of title insurance underwriters, Lawyer's Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone, ask a realtor or loan officer today about using Lawyer's Title on your next real estate transaction. Lawyer's Title is a member of the Fidelity National Financial Family. And we're back. That was a quick commercial, I promised. Hey, and so right before you left, I was sharing with you that I had a really big connection, Christian. When you were talking with Jason Zuck on your podcast, and I just had the the pleasure of getting to meet him myself a couple weeks ago, he had been asking you about... Um, coming out right and his own i think relation to that and you had talked about how he had courage because nobody was talking with you about that topic what came to mind and i need to scroll over so you can see this as well oh darn it i did it again my producer's gonna have to come back in the room so i'm just gonna come back to it and i'll just tell you the story as he fixes my screen a year and a half ago i like you came from a big hispanic family my dad was the oldest of eight I was one of his six children. There might be some more. We don't know yet. Uh, We'll find out one of these days, I'm sure. But that said, all of my siblings had a lot of children. All of my um, brothers had sons. And you talked about your fear. And you also talked in Jason's podcast. I I heard the statistic that four times as many men try to commit suicide as women. And the whole relationship between... um, the power of women and the empowerment of women versus men and what that means in today's society. Well, a year and a half ago, I get a call. My sweet, sweet, sweet boy, Victor Hidalgo, passed away. He had overdosed. And this boy I had babysat as a little infant and he was very close with my children and my oldest daughter and him were super close. And what is so tragically sad, instead of Catholic my family was Mormon. Talk about Mexican and Mormon, what kind of comp- uh, combination is that, right? My brother I don't think was as accepting of his boy. I saw that Victor um, was gay and when I f- last time I got to see him before his passing was at one of my other nephew's weddings, and he'd finally come out, and he was finally happy in a relationship. He didn't bring his boyfriend at the time, but it was so wonderful to see the joy on his face, finally, because this boy had tried to commit suicide several times, and my brother had never wanted to share that with the family. I always found out about it after the fact, and I was never supposed to know about it. Talk about the shame that they were throwing onto this poor boy, and, um, a couple of times it was drug related. So he you know, got out a knife a couple of times. And when I finally got to see the happiness and the joy that he was finally living his authentic life came out to his Mormon family. This was at a Mormon wedding, by mind you. I was so excited for him and so happy for him. Um, but ultimately, when I heard you and Jason talking, it really hit me hard. That what a tough life he had of just not accepting himself, not loving himself, not feeling love from others, and what a lonely experience. And I hope he's hearing me now. I I believe he is, that I really wished that my family hadn't put that shame on him, that he should have been able to be accepted from the moment he was a little baby, because I could see it as a little baby, and and, and not that there was anything wrong with it. He was just him. And he should never have felt that way. And my heart hurts that he's not in my life in this physical reality anymore because of what a shame. He should have had the power to know that it was all okay and to stay away from the drugs. And that was the other thing that really caught my attention in your book was when you're not living your authentic self, how many of us are finding ways to cope? And I was trying to pull that out of you earlier, like what are the negative things that happen? So I'd love for you to share with me some of those warning signs so that we don't let somebody not feel the love that they should and they deserve to have in their life especially if we do love them
1: yeah and thank you for sharing that story that's that's powerful and, and tragic mm-hmm. uh, you know this the rate of suicide among lgbtq youth is is three times as high as their heterosexual uh, counterparts um and, and that's tragic, right? And it all has to do with self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. And most tragic, I find that it's all related to religion mm-hmm. and the misunderstanding, the mistranslation of, of teachings that were written you know, thousands of years ago and that were taken out of their moral and historical context. Um, you know, in, in the Christian tradition in which I was raised, um, there are basically six texts uh, that are interpreted to 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 give reason for the making wrong for the uh, for saying that that homosexuality is a sin all of those have alternate interpretations you know by biblical scholars, mm-hmm. scholars which I'm not uh, but but what I find most tragic about that is, is you know it's like like these teachings that were translated and retranslated and taken out of their more cultural and historical context so like how do how do we navigate what's right and what's wrong um because you know those teachings were written at a time where where women weren't even human
0: right you know
1: where women were property Mm -hmm. so am I going to base my 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 determination of what's right and what's wrong by that it's like I don't think so and you know, I don't believe in abominations, right. even though I was told by by, by my by Catholic priest. religion mm-hmm. that I was an ab- an abomination in the eyes of God. Like, like what a thing to, to to tell anybody. But if I were to believe in abomination, it's it's the externalization of the divine. Right. It's when religions are used to 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 you know to cause violence. Um, if because that externalization externalization of the sacred it's the source for so much conflict and and for so much war Mm -hmm. and for so much violence in this world um and for what i call the the, you know the theological pissing contest (laughs) my god is bigger than yours right and it's just twisted it's a twisted way of interpreting the sacred that would have nothing to do with any of that
0: well my idea is that religion is truly man-made for power, and that's my own personal belief. I don't find that I need to go to a church external of myself. I personally love to connect with God my own way through meditation and and breathing practices, Um, but I do a thousand percent agree that it is the source of so much trauma and so much pain for so many people. And we just need to learn to let that go, right? And just be in a place of love. Um, One thing I think is really cool, this is not your first book. You've written other books, and one of them was in the topic we're talking about right now. And please help me with the name. I know it's in the back of this book here. Uh,
1: coming out spiritually. Coming
0: out spiritually. Okay, so that's why I was laughing when my assistant named my podcast with Jason. He yes. was literally talking about not being gay. He was talking about coming out spiritually in a professional setting. And as a lawyer. As a lawyer. And me as a realtor, kind of the same thing. And so that's what we were talking about. And then I'm coming to read this and I'm like... Oh my gosh! What a, what kind of coincidence? And I know Jason doesn't believe in coincidences, coincidences, and neither do I. So I'm really one one wonder about the timing for us to connect. And the thing that I think is so cool is you're reading two more books. This is a series. This is one of three books, correct?
1: Yes, yes. The series is titled "Calling All Heroes." So it's about what does it mean to live heroically. In the 21st century, when we don't have a horse hitched outside, we don't have the armors and the demons to slay except the ones in our own heads. Uh so this first book is like, all right, how do how does how does a hero step into power? In a way that's not about hierarchy, control, fear, force, domination, manipulation, in a way that doesn't require that we push anybody down, step on them, put our knee to their neck, in order for for us to prop ourselves up and feel powerful um the second book is about relationships like Mm -hmm. how does how does how do we approach conscious relationships from a heroic perspective and beginning from the perspective that there isn't anybody out there that's going to make us happy Mm -hmm. and and so as long as we're approaching a relationship from that perspective you are going to make me happy hang it up Forget it because it's not their job to make Mm -hmm. us happy. Only we can do that. So, and then the third book is about um, life purpose and and spiritual leadership. Like, Mm -hmm. like what are we doing here at at a soul level, at a mission level, and how do we dissolve and let go of the ways in which we have been playing small and hiding our light under a bushel and and stuffing ourselves into small, tidy, neat, neat little boxes because we feel that's going to make us more acceptable. But there's such a price to pay. Such a price to
0: pay. Such a price to pay. Well, and we talked about, I I gave my example of what my nephew experienced in my family along with him. Um, Another thing that I really hit home for me, I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown, and I'm sure that you know who she is, who doesn't in this world these days. She did a TED Talk on vulnerability, talking about the three C's. And she went into definition of the word courage, which you did in your book as well. And I went ding, 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 because having the courage and please, I know you you talk about all these different word meanings and I speak Spanish and English and I think that helps me understand a lot of those um, idiosyncrasies, if you will, but uh, I thought that was really cool talking about courage because isn't courage the opposite of fear?
1: Yes, yes. And, and, and the word courage, if, if we look at the origin of the mm-hmm. word, like especially like corazón, mm-hmm. which is heart, heart. Um, you know, c- courage comes from that same root core, um, courage in French means large heart, mm-hmm. courage. Um, and so that connection between the heart and courage we find in in different religions Um, and and it connects to this stepping into power in a different way right Uh, you know so so a lot of us have this ambivalent conflicted relationship about power Mm -hmm. because what we're talking about you know because because we fear that if we really stepped into who we really are at the fullest that people wouldn't handle us, wouldn't be able to handle us, and, and that we might be rejected, that we might end up alone. We also fear that we might abuse power. Mm-hmm. So that's what, as I've been doing right. retreats for years on that theme, that's another prevalent thing. And, and no wonder, because all we, all we got to do is turn on the news any day, mm-hmm. witness at least one abuse of power. Right. And then we're conditioned to believe that power is a bad thing. You know, Power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely and so what good-hearted person wants to be corrupted so what they didn't tell us about that is that lord acton who said that was speaking specifically about political power not personal power which is what we're talking about And so when you add to the mix what we're talking about with the emotions Mm -hmm. that we've labeled the emotions weakness, we've we've we hate confrontation, we fear conflict. And so what happens when we put all that together is we give our power away Mm -hmm. and we end up saying yes, when inside we really feel no. And so the, what the, the message of the book is that there is a way that we can step into our power that doesn't require that we step on anybody, that we push anybody down, that we be corrupted, that we abuse power, so that there is a way to do this in a way that is a match with the goodness in our hearts.
0: I love that. And what I really love is that you had a special message for women empowerment in your first book. And I'd love for you to share the reason behind that. Um, I, I know from reading it, but maybe just to give a little tidbit. So for the next person who wants to check this out.
1: Yeah, the, the book is for everybody. But it has a particular message about women's empowerment. Mm-hmm. And, and that's comes from my belief that The empowerment of women is the single most important thing that needs to happen in the world. And it's not to put women up on a pedestal. It's not to idealize women. Women are also capable of abusing power. Of course. It's not to give women more crap that they have to clean up in this world. Right. It's because. As a world, as a species, we have been working so off balance where it comes to, to power and, and to those energies, the masculine and feminine energies mm-hmm. in the world. Um, and so when when I think about it strategically, like what is one thing that I can focus my energies on uh, that, that is then going to impact mm-hmm. other areas? It's like that's what I land on. When women are in 50% of power in this world, we're going to have a very different relationship to war and poverty and hunger and social justice and the distribution of wealth and, and how we treat the environment, all of it. So, so that's why I have that message about women's empowerment. And by the way, as you were pointed to earlier, without minimizing the, the tragic... Um, you know the 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 effect of of this imbalance of power on women for the last several thousand years which is which is unacceptable mm-hmm. and no longer sustainable um you know the, the lack of justice and equity between men and women is just like we we need to be done with that so without minimizing that men have also been playing paying a price for this imbalance of power right so like when you like you were talking about earlier um for what was it? It's it's like 70% of the suicides in this country are committed by middle-aged white men Mm -hmm. who are still the ones who hold most of the power in the world. Like, so men commit suicide four times as frequently as women. It's crazy. It's crazy. And if we look at longevity Mm -hmm. in the U S women outlive men by five years in the world by seven years Mm-hmm. So what's up with that? You know, obviously this system doesn't work for men either. No. And I think part of the problem is that we've got this twisted, twisted way of what it means to be a man. And, and it relates to this, this emotions, this make wrong of the emotions. You know, we've been so condi- conditioned since we were kids, mm-hmm. little boys don't cry because, you know, the underlying right? message, only little girls cry. And so that's weakness. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a minute. Like, who said and like, you know, like we were saying earlier, emotions aren't strength and they're not weakness. They're just energies. Mm-hmm. But because of all these misunderstandings, we walk around, we men walk around like, you know, these uncaring, unfeeling robots. And and who wants to be in relationship with a robot? Um, you know, so... so There's a price that we paid for that. Like we were saying before, we suppress those emotions. They're going to come out one way or the other.
0: Well, you know, I have to interject this because this is just coming up and I'm sure you've dealt with this a lot and all the people you've coached and helped is I have um, been very successful in my real estate practice and career. And I have carried just the reverse of what you're talking about, where I've always been a leader personality and being strong, a lot of times people would, I would feel this from them that I was being um, a bitch, I was being aggressive, I was being this, I was being that uh, because I was carrying these traits that were associated more with men and coming from my head instead of from a place of my heart. I have for the last five years been focusing really hard on opening my heart and sharing love and being more unconditionally loving and accepting of myself as well. But what I've discovered in all of that, and listening to you talking about how it, how people, there's a bias, right? And, and a judgment that people have a prejudice, if you will, for how men are supposed to act and how women are supposed to act. And the minute that we succumb to that, wow, everything is just, It's not how it should be, right? And then when we realize and we wake up, it's okay to be me. And when we realize it's okay, my real estate career actually exploded the last five years. And I don't feel like I did anything different work-wise, but my energy changed. The way I behaved changed. I felt like in order to be successful, I had to act like a man or my idea of a man, Right. And 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 I think we just have to shred all of that to find underneath the onion layers, if you will, who's left inside. And when we live our authentic self, aren't we all so much happier?
1: My God, that's that's the the only way we're going to be happy. Um, And, you know, it's like, I love the way that you just framed that as a, and and I write about that too, that the very, very same quality, the exact qualities that in a man, we look at as like, oh my God, what a great decisive leader in a woman. What a bitch. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Trust me, I've been called all kinds of things and they aren't (laughs) complimentary, but yet I have achieved certain levels in my business practice that I'm just like, well, that's not fair. Why can't I have the same good association with my behavior that a man does in my world. It's not fair. And I love, I've never heard a man talk about how much better this world will be when the power is more equal between men and women. I yes. absolutely love that. And I believe it wholeheartedly.
1: I think so too. And 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 it and it's all about like you're saying it's about all about authentic self-expression and and you said it's like yeah we get to be who we are i would take it a step further and say it is like we have to be yes it's mandatory Mm -hmm. because that is the only way we're going to be happy and when we kind of elevate that even to to like um like there isn't anybody who has the same in this universe or Mm -hmm. any other universe who has the same genetics the same experiences that make each one of us unique if we don't give expression to that ain't nobody else gonna do it no and and so i that's what i mean that it's mandatory that we express who we are to the fullest and the only way we're going to do that is by discovering Mm
0: -hmm. who we are
1: and that's why this journey of self-discovery and being willing to go within and to figure out who we are and why we do the things we do is it's it's heroic And so worthwhile and so fulfilling.
0: Well, and I love the whole. I I never looked at it being heroic, but when I read the word about courage, I'm like, that makes total sense. You find your courage in your heart to come out and be who you are, and then everything just kind of falls into place right afterwards. And uh, everything falls into place. And I feel like once those of us. Once we all figure it out, right, what a, what a wonderful place this will be. But in the meantime, those of us who maybe figure this out sooner than others, we are called to share that message, are we not? And absolutely. obviously your, your way of doing it is here, but you have a few other ways that you are sharing your message. And I wanna make sure that the audience watching knows how to find you. I will absolutely make sure they know all your links before the show is over. But what are some of your other offerings I saw on your website besides your literature that you write?
1: Yeah, um, so thank you so much for asking that. In terms of where to find the book, it's available wherever books are sold, on Amazon or your, or your local bookstore. Um, And in terms of getting in touch with me, uh, the website is probably the best way. And and that's soulfulpower.com. And for your audience, if anybody signs up to be on my email list and we all know how easy it is to click unsubscribe down the road if it doesn't work for you mm-hmm. uh, but for anybody signing up to be on the email list they'll get a sample chapter of the book about what it means to live heroically and they'll get some of the power practices that you were talking about that are designed to integrate and apply those teachings to our lives so that it doesn't stay at the level of information we got plenty of information we got in fact information overload what we need is transformation Transformation. so that's what those 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 practices are designed to do Mm -hmm. to to bring about transformation in our lives and in our relationships and then they'll also get a guided uh, teaching and meditation about trust which is very, very supportive in these days of chaos and uncertainty. And then they'll always, on my website, they'll also uh, find out information about the retreats, the workshops, um, the virtual coaching programs that I offer, uh, because I'll go back to doing live retreats as mm-hmm. soon as it's safe to do so. Um, and, um, one of the ways for which I'm grateful for the COVID experience for the pandemic is that it's forced me to do what I've known for years I needed to do, which is to develop virtual program because a lot of people are never going to be able to come to right. my retreat or just won't. So so this is a way that can access these teachings um, from the comfort of their homes and spread out over the course of a year. So delivered in bite sized pieces just a little bit of content each week because I know we're all like we've got so much on our or so busy and overextended mm-hmm. so this is a way to do it that that is doable and and here's what's different about the virtual te- the retreats the, virt- the virtual coaching program is that not only does it make it manageable in terms of time mm-hmm. but it, it 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 in it puts into practice it gives you those practices on a weekly basis designed to apply those those teachings and it also provides a sense of community so i keep the the group small around 20 people to to ensure safety and intimacy and but it also adds a layer of accountability uh, to keep us doing what we said what we're going to do and already like even Within a few months, I'm witnessing dramatic, dramatic transformations in people.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. And I applaud you and thank you so much for the wonderful work you are doing to improve the lives of those that you're able to touch and communicate with, whether it's virtually, in person. So for these retreats, are they normally in Florida or do you go around the world?
1: All over. Okay. Um, majority in florida there's some in, in northern california okay there's a retreat center that i use in in western marin county that you since you know the bay area oh, yeah. in woodacre mm. uh, and you know i do them in, in colorado there's one that i do in colorado every year i go to hawaii just about every year okay Um, So those will all
0: be listed on your website. I'm going to have to check them out. I love traveling. And don't be surprised if I land in one of your retreats one of these days. I would love love to have more Christian in my life. So (laughs) I really am gobbling up your book. I cannot wait to gobble up every word of it. But before we uh, sign off, your book is about heroes. And I heard when your interview with Jason, who your real hero is, um, which is your mom. But I wanna know who your superhero is because you said that was one of your one of your things that you enjoy is superhero movies. So out of the superheroes, who do you think best, <laughs> uh, is the best example of who you are achieving to be or transforming to become?
1: You know, I've got a couple, um, like of course Superman. Who doesn't um, love
0: Superman, right? Who doesn't love he's Superman? He's super handsome and he's super strong
1: and you oh can fly <laughs> all about service right all about making a difference mm-hmm. which is one of the qualities of soulful power right whereas worldly power is a self-serving and always has an agenda authentic power spiritual power is about making a difference and i also i got to say i also love wonder woman um and and she's one of my heroes too I
0: that I lo- you know she was a uh, at the age of five I had a poster of Linda Carter above my bed as a little girl so I've been a fan of her since I was uh, yay big as well Christian you've been awesome I know you aren't feeling too well today and I really appreciate you mustering up the energy to share with us and share you it's been a wonderful experience and thank you I mean
1: thank that. You, thank you. Thank you, Rebecca, so much for having me on the show. And thank you for doing all you do on all our behalf. I know that your your willingness to do this podcast and, and the work that you do um, makes a difference in many, many lives. So thank you.
0: God bless. Adios. Yeah. Bye-bye. Adios. Wow, I hope you really enjoyed everything that Christian de la Huerta had to say. If you want more Christian in your life like I do, all you need to do is go to soulfulpower.com. That's his website, soulfulpower.com. He also has quite a Facebook presence. If you find him on Facebook, you should look him up at under Christian de la Huerta. He's also on Instagram. I I suggest you follow him anywhere and everywhere you can because we all need a little bit of more Christian in our lives. What a great show. And thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover check us out on the web www.gratefulheart.tv for all of our links to connect with us otherwise we'll have another show for you again right here next monday at 11am arizona time
1: hey, 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 i'm on vacation every single day cuz i love my occupation hey, 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 i'm on vacation every single day every every single day